Anyways, are we about ready? Um, you excited? Are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm probably ready. You ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. You ner- why? Are you, what are you nervous yeah, about? I'm nervous. You know, Tim really this wanted is, to come on this episode. This is, this is a big episode. Yeah, Tim really wanted to come on this one. He's gonna have to come on some of our future episodes. Yeah, because... for sure. Anyways, you ready? Let's do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. Feels great to be back. Yeah, it feels good to be back. I always enjoy getting back in the studio, getting oh, some yeah. recording done. Most definitely. We have, uh, we have a lot of... What, what, what episode is this? 15, right? I think this is 15. Wow. 15's a good number. 15. A lot of episodes. Right. Can't believe we're at number 15. How many... So, how are we doing with our, with our numbers? See, I don't know if they're going to update yet. Last time I checked, we are at 593. That's... That's fantastic. Uh, Thirty-four active listeners, which I don't think the number is accurate. Like I don't know, I don't know where the hell. I honestly, I was looking at this today. I don't know where the hell we're getting our stats from. We're getting it from our hosting platform, but I don't know where they're getting their numbers from. Well, they probably, ha- I mean, they probably have some type of database, and then you would think so, but I don't know. It doesn't. It it seems weird. Like everything's a little bit weird about it. Yeah. But five hundred and ninety-three is the current number. We wanted to shoot to for six hundred by the end of January. Yeah, right? we're almost there. So we're, we're about almost there. there. We're, We're doing good. There. Anyways, that's uh, awesome. Episode fifteen. It's gonna be a big episode. I, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, man. Uh, this is one. This is probably for me at least. This is the one that I've researched the most on. So we're gonna be diving into aliens today after we do our normal news stories. Yes. Throughout our entire lives, Pat has literally boiled everything down to aliens and like any type of situation or any type of weird phenomenon that has ever happened throughout our whole lives. Pat has always used aliens as the culprit. Yeah, I mean, Ben's not that far off on that assessment. Um, this has been something that's been a very big part of my life for a very long time. So going with that, I can't really like if, if an alien experience happened to me, like nobody would believe me. Well, I'm going to ask you later in the episode to go over your men in black experience. You and Tim. Oh God. I, I want to hear this story. See, that again. one be one we need to save for later. This, this is the whole alien discussion is going to be a many part episode or many part series. series. This is going to yeah. be part of the pride of the show until, until it ends. Basically <laughs> let's talk about aliens. But, uh, before we get into that, what kind of news stories you got today? I have two news stories. Uh-oh, two news stories. I have two news stories. So the first one, uh, pretty crazy. An airplane wheel crashes down in a Chicago neighborhood. An airplane wheel? Yeah. So like a, what 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 do they call airplane wheels? Wheels. I thought they were... You know, when, they, when, when they're when they going to land and they, they come out? I think this was a smaller airplane. Okay, right? yeah. Let's see. Uh, so authorities in Chicago confirmed a wheel fell off a small plane over the city, landed in front yard of a resident's home. The Chicago Department of Aviation said the single-engine Pilatus PC-12 plane was noticed shooting off sparks as it landed Thursday evening at O'Hare International Airport. After it safely came to a stop, officials noticed noted the landing gear assembly from the left side of the aircraft was missing. So it literally just fell off in the air. and really? landed in the front yard of someone's house. Luckily, That's crazy. Luckily it didn't land on anybody. Yeah, or, I mean, I would be pretty upset if... Could you imagine you're walking out of your car, out to your car in a damn wheel? And just like, it, yeah, that would... <laughs> destroys it. Your brand new car. Well. Kidding me? Yeah, I wouldn't be very happy about that one. Yeah, uh, looks like the uh, federal, the, the, the FAA is going to be doing a investigation into the incident. So I'm sure they should. That that shouldn't be happening. No, definitely not. Not especially again uh, around a an area Chicago, like Chicago, which is so heavily populated. Right. Anyways, what's the other news story you got today? Ooh, I'm about to pull it up. Let's see here. Oh, this one. This one's a little more fun. This one's uh, it's kind of funny. So uh, <laughs> a man allegedly uh, hid from coronavirus and authorities in a Chicago airport for three months. You know. I kept seeing that one over and over and over again. (laughs) 
So that's not news to me. Let's hear your brain. This is January 18th, 2021. Uh, California man was arrested Saturday and accused of hiding in a restricted area of Chicago's O'Hare International Airport for three months. A man told police that COVID-19 had rendered him too scared to travel home to California. So he hid in the airport, surviving on food provided by strangers. Okay. This doesn't make much sense to me. No, this it doesn't, doesn't seem like... This doesn't make any sense to me It doesn't seem like the airport is the best place to hide from the coronavirus. Yeah, and, you know, this was a pretty sensitive area, the airport, too, and the fact that they let this guy live in this airport for three months going undetected is pretty is pretty incredible. Yeah. United Airlines staff spotted 36-year-old, I cannot say that name, and I'm not even going to try, and requested identification. They said he removed his mask and presented, to, presented a badge which belonged to an airport operations manager who, manager who reported it missing last October, according to the Chicago Tribune. He faces felony charges of criminal trespass in a restricted area of the airport as well as misdemeanor theft charges. Cook County Judge Susanna Ortiz set bail at $1,000. She also said if he came up with the money, he would be prohibited from entering the airport. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. And that's that's that doesn't very sing. That doesn't say a lot of good things about the airport, honestly. Yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> How do they allow that to happen. You said this was O'Hare? Yeah. Yeah, that's a complete I mean, shit it, show zone. I mean, I'm sure it's a pretty big airport. I've never been there. I've driven by it. Like, I was, like, yeah. around it. There's a lot of airplanes flying in and out. I'm sure. I've never actually flown in a plane before. You've never flown in a plane? Can you believe that? No. I'm 27 years old. I've never been in a plane before. Well, my girlfriend's never been in a plane, as far as I really? know. Really? Wait. Okay. No, she might, No, she was in one time, I think. You know what? It's funny. I always ask her this, and I never remember. Really? Yeah. You got any news stories? I do. I got a couple. I'm going to start with this one. Okay, if you guys remember back to our very first episode of the podcast, we talked about a former NFL football player named Larry Johnson, who played for the... Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, man. Oh, Larry. He, as we talked about on that episode, him and his Twitter, spouting out a lot of interesting claims. Yeah. He's got a new one out. Oh, man. Uh, In light of yesterday's, or the NFC, AFC championships. Yeah. uh, He has determined that the NFL is completely rigged. Oh, man. That the entire, everything was set up to bring Mahomes and Brady together in the Super Bowl. And he went so far as to say that the occult, now he just used the term the occult. Okay, it's quite vague. It's very vague. Yeah. He said that the occult recruits athletes and that Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are both members of the occult. That the whole thing was set up to bring them into the Super Bowl. Okay. There. Okay. Here, here are some credible things in Larry's defense here. So he was in the league. Yeah. So he, he kind of knows maybe some behind the scene type and shit. And he would have been playing against Brady for sure. Yeah. Gronk probably. I can't. I don't know the timeline but. Yeah. So you know what? Like he doesn't present any evidence does he of this? Not really. Okay. Well, that's not good, but at least he has a little bit of background history to be a little more credible here. And I was thinking about it too, because we talked about him. We kind of wrote him off as like a not a very good player back in our first episode. Uh-huh. He was a pretty good player, was he? He was like in the mix. I'm gonna look him up real quick. But you know, I I will say this. I honestly, if if this is true, it, it's be- definitely been rigged against the Saints the last couple years because they've yeah. been they've been hosed in the playoffs. Let me tell you, not this year. They they lost fair and square, but the two previous years they got screwed i mean larry johnson two-time pro bowler a first team all pro in 2006 second team all pro in 2005 what I do mean, you what do you want he's not a hall of famer but it's all right i mean like, i remember him as a player it's not like he's some random he's not like he's mm-hmm. i don't even know a good example he was somewhat relevant we'll put yeah, it that way he was he was relevant definitely yeah, good good for him you know maybe maybe he just got his head knocked real bad a couple times and he's just kind of 
I don't know. See, I think that there's definitely there's there there are theories out there that have some truth to them mm-hmm. that bank on the fact that most people are just going to take the money or take the payoff or take the threats to not talk about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then every once in a while, somebody slips through the cracks, like maybe maybe a Larry Johnson who just somehow for some way wasn't um, what's the word I'm going for. He was immune to whatever bribes were offered. Yeah, and he came out and decided to talk about it. Right, because it's one thing to be immune to bribes it's another thing to have the wherewithal to talk about something right you need both to be an accurate whistleblower right now is larry johnson really a whistleblower he could just be some idiot babbling on twitter now has has anybody else come to back up these claims not really from the not league? that i've seen not that i've seen huh. now i will be honest with my with our listeners that i haven't done as much research into this as i probably should have <laughs> all i do is but we do follow him on twitter we do 4 30 in the morning follows him did he follow us back yet he did not follow us back yet Hopefully he does. Hopefully he starts listening to the show. We, I'm gonna. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna start sending him our shows, <laughs> and we're gonna see if we can build a connection. Maybe we can have him on the show. And if the connection grows, we're gonna have him on the show. That would be fantastic. Because I'm sitting here knowing what I know about the world. I'm not dismissing him immediately. I don't know no, where you, you can't. fall. I don't you know where can't. you fall. I'm not gonna dismiss him immediately. At, at, at this point, no. Especially considering the amount of disinformation out there in the world, the amount of nonsense that's going on. Yeah. The amount of things that the media will cover up. I mean, just consider the the size of the NFL, all the money involved and all the betting involved and all that shit that goes involved. I mean, yes. you, I mean can't tell me secret shit doesn't go on. No. I I would I I agree with that 100%. You know. And it takes a former player, somebody that's been there and done that. And I don't know, first team all pro is pretty good. Yeah. It's not like he's the first team all pro long snapper. It's he's a real player. Right. So, although I do like long snappers, I'm not going to take a shit on them completely. Long snapper is the best position in the in the NFL. That's one I would want to play if I had to play, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, because you're safe. You don't get hit. Yep. You you, you can hit if you can you hit people want if you to. want to. Yes. And you just got to be really good at one thing. And you might, you know, you might get the league minimum, maybe a little more, depending on your experience and where you went to college. Some guys, the good long snappers make about a million a year. No shit. Which that's, is above uh, the league minimum. That's all you so, need. Yeah. All you, I mean, it's good. Anyways. Uh, you ready to dive in? You ready to, uh, yep. you ready to get into a deep dive into the deep? Yeah. See, I was thinking about this too. Is this a deep dive? Is this a late night deep dive? Dive or is this a is this is this on a different level? This feels like a deep dive. We'll call it we'll call it a late night deep dive. Deep deep dive. Deep squared. And again, this is going to be a multi episode series, probably just based on the amount of shit that I wrote down that I'm not even going to talk about. <laughs> Anyways, aliens, UFOs, aliens. extraterrestrials. So, uh, real quick, explain to our listeners what a UFO is. A UFO is an unidentified flying object. Anything that somebody in the air sees. Mm-hmm. and cannot identify right. is a UFO. Now, that could be a bird that they're not familiar with. That could be mm-hmm. something that they think is flying that might not actually be flying. Anything like that. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean alien. It could always, it could mean many, any number of things. Our jetpack man mm-hmm. that we keep talking about is an unidentified flying, flying object. Yes, definitely. Well, I guess he's kind of identified. Well, well we don't know who he is. But exactly. We know, he's he's a, we know he's a man. He's a flying object is what he is at this point. Yeah. Well, he, he, he might might not be a man. He could be an... It could be a drone. Could be a drone. Could be an alien. Could be an alien. All right, what else you got? I'm leaning towards alien. I'm leaning towards Elon Musk, <laughs> personally. So, like, I think we, we kind 
of decided to kind of start off with kind of the root of, you know, aliens in the world. You know, like we all know about ancient aliens, right? Yes. Kind of the the, uh, the theory that aliens have been visiting Earth for thousands of years. Well, I'm just going to say probably I'll bet you some of our listeners don't know about that or aren't That's super, true. super familiar with. That's true. They hear the the term ancient aliens is probably something that's been heard by people, mm-hmm. mostly because of the History Channel show, yeah, which is mostly nonsense. Mm-hmm. But no, people aren't actually. There's not a lot of people out there that are that have that in their knowledge base. The theories. Mm-hmm. So what do you what do you say about ancient aliens? Well, if for example, uh, like the pyramids, sure. Everyone always wonders how they were built. How were the how were the pyramids built? Yes. And uh, the sheer size of the pyramids, the the mathematical perfection of the way they were built. It's it's almost like they weren't. There's no way they were able to do that with the technology at that time. It defies common logic. Yes. And I was getting into this today too, and that's I'm happy that I got off of work a little bit early because I did a little bit of last minute research. Mm-hmm. The pyramids are basically pointed to Cheops, the pharaoh. Mm-hmm who I think was also Ramses, I think, but I didn't do enough research to really remember that. But it all comes from Herodotus, who is a Greek historian. Like, the his, the the father of history is Herodotus. Yes. Now, the problem with Herodotus... There's a lot of controversy about the shit that he's, is, that he's, that he's written down. He made up just a lot of random shit. Yeah, And definitely. even in... I have a copy of his writings at home, and I pulled it out and I looked it up right before I came over here today. Even in that copy, he's like, this is just a story that I found, basically. Yeah. And he just relay. He's more of a story relayer, as much more than he is an actual historian. Right. So basically, what people have done with the pyramids, they've just kind of gone with Herodotus. Right. Essentially, they haven't really challenged what he said twenty five hundred years ago. Right. And he he basically said that um they that uh well the 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 pharaoh at the time was Khufu. Am I correct? Yes. You know what? You're right about that. It, yeah, it's Khufu. It was not Ramses. I apologize. That's that's okay. And um that he basically was able to get hundreds of thousands of men to work at in different shifts basically yep. all the time yep at like like months at a time okay and, so. and the work was terrible and yeah. uh that they were using like a pulley type system to pull the, to pull them up and there were other there are other uh things written that they they use ramps too was that him yeah was that you did, read did he... you had to have read the exact same thing that I just read today okay it was it was a little while ago but yeah that they use ramps as well yeah and not only does that not make sense how they had to travel miles with these bricks exactly and these bricks were made of granite and limestone and they were they're over two tons a piece yep and there were millions of them i think we were two million of them i don't know about that i don't know if it was in the millions but they were each like 30 feet long so they're huge they're massive how how did they transport that how did they transport they had to go over the the nile i'm pretty sure didn't they um they had to travel because they had to extract these things according to herodotus they were extracted in the arabian desert which would have been east of the Red Sea. Now, there is a small part of Egypt that is connected to Arabia, mm-hmm. but it's not a very big part. And that's the the Suez Canal currently cuts that part off. Okay. But still, no, you're right about that. Immediately, it's how the hell does somebody come up with this idea, number one. Number two, how the hell did they actually do it? They had to have had help. Yeah. And 
And I, I kind of agree with that. And what's funny is I've taken a lot of history classes, a lot of even art history classes. Aliens always come up in every one of these classes. And every professor isn't always isn't able to say no. Yeah, because you can't. They're kind of like, well, you know, a lot of people say this and I get where they're coming from. But I kind of think yada, yada, yada is the real truth. Right. So I'm not as much of an ancient alien theorist as a lot of people are. But I, I pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. A lot of question marks get brought up immediately when you just study history in general mm-hmm. and then when it gets to the point where you start getting into the alien things it's like well you know that theory makes much more sense considering my understanding of the world than what history classes are trying to tell me right and the, the reason why you know I, I i messaged you earlier about the uh uh the chariot of the gods book i i, yes. I, I listened to about an hour or two of it today oh okay cool and uh it's not bad so far i i had i kind of had to turn it off because the narrator he wasn't I, I couldn't handle it any longer at that yeah at that point in, in the night but but uh, what was really interesting to me was like three, four months ago, I was watching this video on YouTube and I can't really find it anymore. And it was about uh, the the Egyptians pretty much creating electricity and they used the Giza pyramid as almost like a power station. You know, it's funny because you sent that exact Did I send that video to, you? To, to me. And this was this was year. This could have been was it a, years ago? at least a year ago. Well, at I must, have, I must have found ago. another video about it because uh, you sent me one exactly about this. And but um but what I found out in this other video was that this particular pyramid, the pyramid of Giza, Giza, the big one, yes, it was designed differently on the inside than any other pyramid out there. And even Herodotus talked about that. At the yes, time. it was completely. It was there were separate chambers that other pyramids did not have. Yep. And in the pyramid of Giza, they found literally copper wiring. They found different types of shit, a lot of different shit in, in the pyramid of Giza. And the other problem with the pyramid of Giza is the high hieroglyphics don't yes. match any of the stories. Yes. And that's the other thing, too, that kind of dr- immediately jumps into ancient astronauts. Yes. Is none of it matches. Right. Now, are you done with the pyramids? Because I got something I want to jump in and say. Yeah, go ahead. Sure, sure, sure. So this is not something I have written down. So the pyramids kind of are arranged in, like, a certain pattern. You got the big one, and then you got the two smaller ones. Yeah, the big one's in the middle. Yes. In South America somewhere, and I'm, or central to South America, there's a similar pyramid formation. Mm-hmm. Pyramids again. Now, Central and South American history is not as easily established because the writing system, there wasn't really writing. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of writing to back up what's being talked about. We've got Herodotus talking about pyramids because somehow he was writing things down on paper that was able to be translated over the generations. Mm -hmm. The Americas don't have that. And we kind of talked about it in our folklore episode even a little bit. Mm -hmm. There are pyramids that are arranged in the exact same pattern as what we find in Egypt and Cairo or present day Cairo. The problem with that is where these pyramids would have been found, and these had to have been found in South America, is the pattern traces to a star pattern that they would have seen in the sky in Egypt. They would not have seen that same star pattern in South America because of the equator. Yeah. Because Egypt is just above the the equator. Yeah. Much of South America is below the equator. Right. So how would they have these two separate civilizations on opposite ends of the world would have had similar pyramid constructions tracing the similar star pattern? How is that possible? It's aliens, dude. I don't know. I don't, I, there's I don't know there's not a lot to, to describe it. But then the other thing too with the pyramids that drives me insane. And you, if if you if you study the information that's presented fully, you're gonna sit there. If you have any sort of common sense, and I've had professors, and I, honestly, to be to, to be fair, I've had some pretty good professors who have been able to say we don't know. Yeah. A lot of people will not do that. A lot of people will not say we don't know because if you're a historian saying we don't know, well, what's the point of having a historian then? Right. But but 
you know, it, it, it takes into account where it's like, hey, this is not disproven. It's pretty compelling. Yeah. But, you know, hi- history is just so, it's just so controversial. There's, and the other thing, I, I'm going to I'm gonna finish my point, but I have another point to build off of what you just said. Yeah. When you look at the pyramids, when a geologist looks at the pyramids, he sees something completely different than a, histor- a historian would, that an, and that an anthro- anthropologist would, and what was the other one? I don't know. Archaeologist, maybe. Yeah, we can say. Although that. Anth- anthropologists and archaeologists are pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. A geologist will look at the pyramid and say, hey, that these little grooves right here are signs that the pyramid was underwater at some point. Mm. Or if it wasn't underwater, it was exposed to very, very, very heavy rain. Well, in the Giza pyramids, you know, their supposed power source was water. And they have found, and they did find evidence of water inside the pyramid. Yes. Now, what's interesting about where the Giza pyramids are in Cairo is it's not exactly a rainy area. Not a lot of rain falls there ever. Mm-hmm. And has fallen there ever in recorded history. And if Herodotus is right, there's only 2,500 years old, 3,000 years old, maybe. So, okay, real quick, I might sound really dumb here, but I know this is probably way too far back in history. I know different parts of the world were different back yes. then, uh, you know, environment-wise. Sure. Do, do, do you think that that would be a rainy part of the world at that time, even before that, you know? It would. There there was a point in time where that part of the world would have been rainy. It's 12,000 years years ago okay so that's too far back so i was yeah however the twelve thousand years ago part fits somewhat some way somehow into our biblical story of noah Mm. and the great flood okay now what you want to do with that that's a whole nother discussion but geologists and i've I've read different accounts from different geologists about the whole thing Mm -hmm. they're like i don't know what to tell you this is this is water this is significant water over significant amounts of time right doing this to this rock eroding this rock in this way. It's incredible. And the other thing too we have to understand is a lot of Egyptologists have platforms that they're trying to use their research to reinforce. Mm-hmm. So obviously if a geologist comes out and says, hey, you know, this doesn't make sense, it's immediately discredit the geologist and discredit the science behind it. It's not come up with something to defend our point. You know what I mean? Right. And we're going to find that a lot in these. Even today, we're going to find that type of that type of research a lot in this mm-hmm. type of study. Right. Anyways, do you have any more about ancient aliens? Um, I don't know about ancient, but I kind of did some looking into um, the history of aliens in the United States. Yes. And uh, it was actually uh, the, the, the first um, in the Americas, at least documented, uh, sighting of aliens or UFO, if you will, was by the Puritans. Okay. Early Puritans in the United States, like okay. early 1600s. Okay. And uh, I have a really cool article here, and uh, we're, yeah, we're going to dive into that. So uh, March 1st, uh, 1639, John Winthrop Win- Winthrop opened his diary, and he recorded the trials and triumphs of his uh, fellow Puritans as they made the new life in America. As governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, put pen to paper, he began to recount the most unusual event that he had ever really occurred since he immigrated to the United States. Sure. And uh, so... So Winthrop, Winthrop, I don't know why I can't say that. Winthrop wrote that earlier in the year, James Everill, a sober, discreet man, and two others had been rowing a boat in the Muddy River. Do you know what the Muddy River is? The Delaware? Probably. I don't, I I don't know. I didn't know yeah, what it was. No. The only thing I ever knew that was referred to as the Muddy River was the Maumee. Really? I don't think the Puritans were this far. I, I know, but like that's the only thing I've ever... See, that could have been, been anything. The Muddy River could have been... It could, yeah. It could have been like some dried up creek. Oh, I guess this kind of... Uh, which which uh, The Muddy River, which flowed through the swampland and emptied into the tidal basin in the Charles River, and they saw a great light in the sky. When it stood still, it flamed up, and it was about three yards.
hard square, the governor reported. When it ran, it contracted into a figure of a swine. Into the figure of a swine? Yes. As in pig? That's my guess, yes. Over the course of two or three hours, the boatman said that the mysterious light ran as swift as an arrow, darting back and forth between them and the village of Charlestown, and a distance of approximately two miles. Diverse and other credible persons saw the same light after about the same place Winthrop added. The governor wrote that when the strange apparition finally faded away, the three Puritans in the boat were stunned to find themselves one mile upstream, as if the light had transported them there. The men had no memory of their ro- of rowing against the tide, although it's possible they could have been carried by wind or reverse tidal flow. The mysterious repositioning of the boat could suggest that they were unaware of the part of their experience. Some researchers would interpret this as a possible alien abduction if it happened today. You know what's funny is everything that you talked about in that story, and I wrote that one down so I could do some of my, some of my own research on this one. Mm-hmm. Everything ties in the all the abduction stories that I'm familiar with, at least. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that was, what, 1631? Is that what 1639. you said? 1639. 1639. Okay. And there's more to this article, but I'm not going to get into it because we have more to talk about. But he ended up... Um, he ended up writing more, a couple more stories and accounts that he saw in Boston. To, he's he's uh and uh, what other people saw in too, too in Boston. Yeah, and that's the other thing too is I was gonna prepare. I think and our, our part two of this episode needs to be pre nineteen forty seven alien sightings. Mm-hmm. Because, I have another story pre nineteen hundreds. Okay, this is great because I was right before I left to record the show today. I was flipping through one of my old books that I got, and I bought back when I was a kid in our school library. There was a book called Mystery of the Unexplained, which was the was the starting point of this entire thing for me. As, a, as an eight-year-old, I used to check this out of the library every week. Mm. I'd read it, I'd read it, I'd read it. And then eventually I kind of stopped reading it because I pretty much read everything. But parts of that book always stuck with me throughout my entire life. I was able to track down a used copy. And it's a 38-year-old book at this point. Mm-hmm. It was written in 1982. And they had a whole big section of pre-1947 UFO sightings. So I was kind of leafing through a little bit, trying to see if I recognized anything from my research. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that even predates airplanes. Yeah. People seeing things flying in the sky. Could you imagine? Before airplanes. I, I feel like people back then, like people back then, they cannot fabricate anything as far as what they see, right? Yeah, like, it's like a video, like, like a video, like, you know, because videos are fabricated nowadays. Yes, absolutely. You know, you know, through media and all that bullshit. Yep. Right, but back then, if 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 you never seen anything fly in the air like that, and you all of a sudden see something, that would freak you the fuck out, and you probably would not lie about it. Yeah, it'd be tough to, especially if you have corroborating witnesses. Yeah, it's you're so right. I I find I find older stories like that pre nineteen hundred, honestly. Yeah. Uh, pretty compelling. Yeah, and you know, even in some of the the more recent books that I read, like they talk about a couple like in the eighteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds, where this thing crashed. I thought it was an airship, which whatever that is. I think it was the precursor to a blimp was an airship. Mm-hmm. But still, it wasn't really something you would have seen in the 1900s or the late 1800s. This thing crashes in the middle of the town. Uh, little, little, small, little diminutive, weird-looking boy basically was piloting it. Mm-hmm. And he was also green. And he had huge eyes. So we buried him. See, like, now, somebody from that time, how could they come up with something like that? It's tough. It's not easy. Think about it. Like, somebody today, we have an idea of what an alien looks like. Yeah. And it's right. a lot different today because of Hollywood, basically. Right. Which Hollywood is disinformation, by the way. 
Yes, definitely is. CIA agents are operating within Hollywood. Yes. Anyways, no, you're right about that. Like, how, what kind of imaginative leaps would you have to make? Exactly. And why do they still fit into what's going on later? I mean, you know, it, when I started listening to that book, it, it really put into perspective. Uh, I'm kind of backtracking here, but it kind of put into the very first chapter. He explained how large and how vast the universe really is and the amount of uh, possible Earth like planets that are just around us that we know about yep that we that we could uh discover and explore through telescopes and stuff and the book like the, into the hundreds of thousands yeah, hundreds it, of thousands just around us and we're we are just a small drop in the thunderstorm and the important thing i gotta blurt out real quick is the book that ben is talking about is chariot of the gods by yes eric von it's a weird last name daniken that sounds about right. And this was written in 1968. Yes. So when Ben says hundreds of thousands of worlds, that number has been magnified to trillions, basically. Yes. And he and he magnified it down, taking you know uh, variables out of the equation just yes. to make it seem more plausible. Yes. And the other thing too is this book, Chariots of the Gods. Um, it's only what it's only like 160 pages long. It's not a very long book, but it's a lot of Bible verses and equations. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not exactly an easy read. It's not one that you're gonna sit down and breeze through on a yeah, Saturday e- afternoon. Even listening to it at, at that point in the night, I'm like, I can't do this right now. Yeah, it's it's not. <laughs> it's a very dense 160 pages. Yeah, a lot of mathematical equations, a lot of Bible verses, a lot of speculation. Yeah, but it's and the other thing too is that when you get into that book a little bit, it's a very important starting point towards everything. Yeah, and and what that book really did was it really grasped the, the culture. Yes, because people didn't really think of ancient aliens or ancient astronauts really before that. Yeah, honestly. it was huge, and even my mom will talk about that book. Like yeah. you have to read this. You have to read this book. Like even in Hollywood, I mean, like just think of Star Wars. Yep. Like they said, not you know now, but in a galaxy a long time ago, in a galaxy far, 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 far away, away. So a long time ago. You don't really think about that exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's like they have. Uh, so it's like people really kind of grasped that. Hey, maybe these aliens have been around, or other beings out in the universe have been around for a very, very long time, a lot, a lot older than us. Yes, and that's very important too because if you think about common sense evolution. Now I don't know how you feel about. That. That. But the idea of it is you face a challenge and you figure out a way to overcome it. And even like humans today, the only way that you become different than who you are is by facing a challenge and overcoming something mm-hmm. or struggling with something. It's struggle right. and conflict that force any, even if society, that forces society into a state of change. If everything is good and easy and makes sense and you don't have to worry about anything, then you're never going to change. Mm-hmm. It's only through struggle and conflict that any sort of change can be prompted, that mm-hmm. you're ever going to fight to do something different to create a different result. Right. So if we're dealing with really old aliens, somehow, some way, they got to the point where they hit a technological leap to where they're making this jump. Somehow, some way, through some struggle or conflict, they're doing these things. And it's, But it's like none of it was recorded. Like none of it was like passed on. Like just, just think about the, the, the guy that, okay, supposedly, uh, let's just say aliens didn't help create the Gaza Pyramid. Yes. Why wasn't that information of a how to build that thing passed on. You know, I was thinking about this too, and this is a very important thing that we need to 
bring up right now. They couldn't, like, it's never been replicated at that stick scale. The problem is that it probably was. But if you've studied, I don't know how much ancient history you've studied. Probably not to the extent you have. Have you ever heard of a library <laughs> at Alexandria? Alexandria rings a, rings a bell. It was an Egyptian library, and Alexandria was named for Alexander the Great. Eventually, and I can't remember the exact people that destroyed it, but this was like the world's greatest library at the time. It had volumes and volumes and volumes and scrolls of papyrus on everything, and it got destroyed without a trace hmm. in one of the one of the Punic Wars or one of the weird Greek Wars. So much of the shit was recorded, but all we have today are fragments, and we have almost nothing. Nothing from Egypt hmm. because of that. The only thing we have are the stone hieroglyphics, basically. And even that, we wouldn't have been able to do anything with without the Ros- Rosetta Stone. Mm-hmm. So I can guarantee EMT you, if we still had the library at Alexandria, we would we would have a lot of the answers to the questions that we've already talked about today. Man, it's ridiculous. And then you think about it too. Even through the Crusades, even through even up to modern time, anytime people were writing information that contradicted their purpose for doing whatever the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. The solution was destroy the book, destroy the scroll, destroy the source of that information as opposed to fighting against it. Right. And, and, and real quick, I want to go back to South America because yes. um, South America has the Nazca lines. Yeah, that's how, another how, one. How, how do you explain those? I, the, you can't. There's no, there, there is no explanation see, for that. You'll see these skeptics make to these ridiculous jumps in logic, and it's just like, come on, man. What? Like, the, 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 Nas, the, the Nazca people didn't even have a name. Like, they were just they were just called that by a uh, by an explorer weren't they yeah now can you explain to our listeners what the nazca lines are or the so nazca lines the, the, the nazca lines uh i'm pretty sure it's in peru that right? sounds right that sounds I th- right i think it's peru and um they are these like massive geoglyph geoglyphs is that how you say it yes geoglyph would be the pronoun if you're saying what i think you're saying it's yeah. geoglyph yeah and they're they are perfect like they are mathematically perfect and they're like they're pictures one of them uh, one of them is like a spider, and these things are at a on a massive scale. You can only really see them uh, in detail from the air. Yes, and they are perfectly symmetrical. And you know, a lot of people think that they look like uh, alien like runways. I've heard that before. Yeah, but it's like, and they're not just like they're they're literally carved into the earth like a couple inches. Yep. And how could anybody accomplish that feat? Like, yeah. I, and the point of the whole thing that Ben is saying is these 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 carvings are so they're so huge. Big, they're huge, like miles that you long. You can only make out what you're trying to see through them from a very, very, very high up yes, point, like thousands of feet, miles in the air. So it, why the hell are they making these carvings that can only be seen from thousands and thousands of thousands of feet up? I don't know, is it, man. Is it, is it just boredom? <sighs> I mean, the ancient world wasn't very forgiving. No. A lot of life was was grow, eat, replicate, and that was all you were doing. I mean, you you, you, you lived to survive yep. in, in that time. You lived to survive, and you lived to keep your people going, basically. Yes. So why would they, What what's the whole point of? I have no, I like I look at those things, and I'm like, what are these? I, yep. I'm just. I, it's crazy. There's no way to, and I, I urge my listeners to go look these up, and I'm pretty sure it's N-A-Z-C-A. Yes, I think that's. Not Nazca lines. I think that that is the spelling. They're pretty incredible, and you guys can you know kind of let 
your mind wander with those because I don't know how to explain them. Yep. And even back to the pyramids real quick, I brought up the whole star pattern thing where they trace out, they basically, they, they trace out the belt of Orion. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, great, except for they're a little bit misaligned. They don't trace it perfectly. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at star maps dating back 12,000 years to where the geologists, some geologists will come out and say that, hey, this is where the pyramids came from based on the water patterns. All of a sudden, you look at a star map, what is exactly aligned? The pyramids to Orion's belt. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean. Maybe the maybe the ancient people were just that smart. Maybe they were. They were that they, good. They were very smart. They were they're, tracking a lot. Like, they're they're a lot smarter than we give them credit for. We'll, we'll put it that way. And the other thing that, that uh, I forgot, I had a, I was, I have several notepads. I got notepads and books scattered throughout the entire first floor of my house right now. <laughs> I didn't bring the right notepad in, but there's another thing that, that they found in ancient Greece that was basically a computer. There's a whole bunch of gears and levers, and they found it at the bottom of the ocean. I can't remember what the hell it was called, but it could, it was like, it was an ancient computer, but it was all these little interwoven gears where you just do these little things and the gears yeah. would do all the... I believe it 100%. I believe it. Like, how the hell did they come up with that? They hadn't... They, we didn't come up with this technology until they started working on these really complex clocks. Dude, dude they had technology back then. They had a lot of like, technology. I gotta send then. you this video I found on YouTube today, actually, that explains the entire electrical system that they had, and, and it's really compelling. Yeah, and it's even... really compelling. Even if you don't want to go off of that, and I agree with a lot of what you're talking about, the whole electricity thing. Yeah, it's But insane. even if you don't want to get that far, the Romans were, at the, were on the verge of steam power engines yeah which even that i mean that's roman history compared to ancient egypt is like roman history is like almost near history at this point mm-hmm. greek history is a little bit farther back we're talking five five six seven hundred years almost bce or no no, no uh because most of the roman history was 80 or bce yeah. or, or ce i think it's ce these is what the i don't even know what, what it they is, call it in academia these days the common era which is year zero onward okay but 80 yeah basically so roman history mostly takes place 80. Yeah. Greek history is pretty much all BC. Mm-hmm. Alexander the Great was 300 BC. Mm-hmm. Ancient Egypt is much, much, much farther beyond that. We're talking like five to 2,500, even before that. Yeah. 2,500 BC is a good place to start. Just kind of a ballpark era, um, but even years be- before that. Yeah. It even gets to the point where Akhenaten is argued to be the first historical person ever recorded. Akhenaten, a.k.a. Amenhotep, a.k.a. the Pharaoh. He's like the first verifiable mm-hmm. human. But even he wasn't really a human. He was actually an alien. <laughs> Anyways, we're kind of getting off track. Yeah, that's all right. We yeah. went really, really, really deep into ancient aliens. Yeah, we did. Real, real quick, I, I have one more little story that I found. Okay. Uh, it's a supposed alien or... I don't even know alien, but some type of supernatural encounter during the War of 1812. Ooh, I'm interested. So it was two years into the War of 1812, and uh, so uh, 1814, and the the U.S. Army, the very young U.S. Army, was not... They, they weren't really doing too good at this time. Yep. And uh, so basically, the, the English invaded uh, Washington, D.C. They did. And the town pretty much, they, they knew they were coming. They knew that, that they're, it was about to be given up. So uh, most of them left. So when they got to D.C., it was basically a ghost town. Sure. And they were like, well, it's a hot day. You know, it's a dry day. We're going to burn this bitch to the ground. So they lit the Capitol on fire. Well, they started with the White House, I, I'm pretty sure, right? 
They lit the, the White House on they fire. Did. And then they lit the Capitol building on fire. Yada, yada, yada. But all of a sudden, out of the blue, the weather changes. And it starts raining. And a, a tornado hits. And the tornado literally drives the Englishmen back. They And they retreat. And the rain puts out the fires. And it basically saves the Republic at this point. And historians, they're only, they're only, um, the only thing they can say about that today was that they just got lucky with the weather. Like, there's no way to explain what happened, but conspiracy theorists say that it was aliens. That aliens caused the weather to happen like that. Really? Yes. Like, how does a tornado just come up out of nowhere and drive them, and, and, and they, they, they all they, they had to retreat because the weather was so bad? Yeah, this is another one I just scribbled down. I'm going to be looking this one up as soon as I get home. Um, I don't know, man. There's, I don't know, There's like, lots out there when you get into this research about aliens kind of picking and choosing winners mm-hmm. uh, it, again it's it, like is I, I feel like tornadoes aren't normal weather around Washington DC no you're right about that it's not really it's kind of in the mountains almost kind of almost I mean getting there yeah a little couple hundred miles south you're hitting mountains yeah but still even even the drive there is you're gonna be yeah yeah if we were to drive there we'd be driving through mountains yeah definitely from where so, we're at yeah yeah I don't know that, Crazy, that's a man. very interesting story yeah and i haven't even we're at what 55 minutes i haven't even touched <laughs> any of my shit yet that's why we're in a that's why we're, this is gonna have to be a series yeah um we haven't even gotten to roswell yet <laughs> yeah we're not even part of the part of the series we need to we need to have bob lazar part of the series yeah uh so i think to to uh to kind of get this point we're this is gonna be a longer episode we'll get we'll get it wrapped up here pretty soon yeah yeah but um i guess this this is gonna be our ancient aliens episode we did a lot of ancient yeah alien we did we did get discussion. we did get into ancient aliens um the other thing we got to cover real quick is atlantis are you familiar with the story? Uh, I know there's mystery behind it. It used to be a city. I, yep. don't, I don't know a whole the lot. The only about source it. is Plato. Basically, they can't find it. They can't find it. Um, I, it, it was aliens. Um, I think that I I am like ninety percent sure that there is an underwater civilization living on Earth that is that predates humans. I think that we're gonna start finding out about them pretty soon. I think that we're gonna find out about them you're, before. You're talking like human cre- like humanoid creatures living underwater. I don't know about humanoid, but intelligent. Intelligent. Okay. Intelligent that have been living here before humans have come into what we are. I think they've been here for a long time. I think they hold a lot more power than anybody wants to give them credit to. Uh, do you think you think they're in the ocean? You think they're more towards the core? Because there is a big theory about intelligent beings living within the core. Of yeah, the we're Earth. we're not getting into that one today. Although that's one I'm also <laughs> probably our area's <laughs> biggest expert on. Um, <sighs> we're not getting into that. <laughs> We're not getting into that one today. <laughs> this one will be in the ocean. I think there's I think there's something going on down there, and it kind of fits into the whole Atlantis thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Again, history doesn't know because we only got Plato's source, but would there have been other sources had other things survived? Because we don't have any of the Egypt shit. We've only got fragments of the Greeks. That is what we base everything on. Mm-hmm. We're lucky we got a lot of Plato, Aristotle. I don't know if we're lucky to have Herodotus, but, you know, we're lucky to have Herodotus' shit. Right. And there's a bunch of other ones, but Homer, we don't have his complete works we don't have anything near what he wrote or what the the group that is homer because homer was probably a group of writers it probably wasn't one blind man writing mm-hmm. we just don't we don't have a lot of the shit right so it gets everything gets really complicated because we're diving into the history and the thing with history is don't let anybody ever tell you that we actually know what the fuck happened we don't because we have no clue history has been changed and fabricated over time all you all we can do is interpret what we can and deduce what we can 
Mm-hmm. The concept of creating a narrative is usually and you, you try, making jumps. You, you try to find as many uh, you know accounts as possible from 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 both parties, whatever the situation is in history. Yeah, but then again, you have to remember too that a lot of the records just aren't. That's true. There, like we said in the one episode, history is written by the most of history is written by the winners. Exactly. Anyways, uh, see, I was. All of my prep work was 20th century prep work. So <laughs> Sorry. Um, I got into the ancient aliens a little ben bit. Ben got into the ancient aliens. I didn't realize it was going to be a 40-minute discussion on ancient aliens. Well, like, I, I just kind of figured, you know, if we're going to – we better start with the you know, kind of like the beginning. You no, know? it was good. I, it was a great discussion. Yeah, I had fun. Um, basically – we're doing we're doing a series on this. This might not be the next episode, but within the next month or two, we're gonna do another alien episode for sure. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get into 20th century alien sightings. We're gonna discuss Roswell. Yes, we're gonna definitely. discuss uh, World War Two kind of things that happened there. Mm-hmm. We're gonna discuss the Cold War. Any UFO saw during World War Two were were the Germans. You think so? You think Foo Fighters were the Germans? I don't know. I but they they did they did have some type of technology with UFOs. That's the other thing too. That the very big point that I wanted to get into on this episode is that the Nazis, the infrastructure that they had, did not go away during World War Two. No, it did not. And it's kind of funny that the whole Captain America movies came out as they did because they talk about Hydra, which is kind of the extension of the Nazi Party mm-hmm. post World War Two. Dude, we could do a whole episode on the Nazis. A lot of that shit is scary and it's real. And the other thing too that's really scary is the fact that the United States was funding a lot of this before World War Two. Yeah. And it only took it only took Hitler being completely crazier than they thought he was and a complete radical to even prompt prompt World War Two being the big debacle that it was. Right. They didn't realize because he was he had a he had many he was one of the he was one of the worst people that's ever existed as far yeah, as I'm concerned. He, he's up there, top ten for sure. Yeah, there's nothing good. There's nothing good you can deduce from him. But they did not realize that he was gonna be as crazy and fucked up as he was. Oh, he was he was a master manipulator for sure. Yeah, but the thing too is that with these scientists, because Project Paperclip, they brought all these scientists over. Which, how do you feel about that? The United States is bringing over these Nazi scientists because we realized what they were doing over there. Yeah, it they was, had they had some crazy they ass had technology so much insane over there. Shit going on. They had a complete underground city built, and that's just what we know about. I mean, we don't yeah. we don't know about New Schwabenland, and why do these politicians keep going to Antarctica? Why do they keep having meetings? in Antarctica. They had a base out there. They definitely did. And uh, there's a lot of controversy around uh, a uh, alleged time machine, right? See, I was, I read a book about that, about Nazis and time travel. Yeah. Uh, it was a fiction book, but I don't know, it was interesting. I don't know about the time travel or the time machine. I don't know. I'll, I might have to look into that. But there's, it, it, it all gets tied together. It all gets tied together. Yeah. And it's really complicated. And as we get into this a little bit further, we're going to find that UFO researchers is a completely eccentric group in and of itself. And a lot of these guys do not like each other. A lot of them spend more time trying to disprove the other guy than they do actually trying to pursue the truth mm-hmm. um we're gonna get into authors we're gonna get into radio hosts we're gonna get into researchers i got one and we talked about bob lazar real quick yeah one guy that keeps keeps popping up in my research is stanton friedman who just died in 2019 yeah stanton friedman yeah you brought him up and i was about to bring him up on the bob lazar recording me and ben did a recording almost two years ago <laughs> about this type of shit we both were talking about the same guy and he pops up on every book that i read i think he was a government agent could have been. I think that the government uses this type of information to either 
isolate certain populations into following false leads or create disinformation about what they're really doing and or to keep people that really know what's going on silent. Mm -hmm. And it's very complicated. It's very complex. I've read so many books. I'm reading so many more. I live and breathe this shit. This is the most (laughs) important thing that we're going to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> on this show on 4.30 in the morning. Uh, anyways, if you guys have any comments on aliens, please tweet us. Yeah, tweet at us at 30 in the. If, 30 in the. And if you have ever seen or witnessed any type of extraterrestrial activity, let us know. Tweet us at 30 in the. This is probably going to be, considering how much ground we didn't make up in this episode, it's going to be a <laughs> probably a 10-part series. Probably longer than that. Just on this, uh, just on 4.30. Our other show might get into this a little bit deeper. Definitely will. Anyways, uh... Tim is gonna have to come on. Yeah, Tim. Tim is the expert. Tim's pretty good, and Tim. Tim is a really good researcher when it comes to this stuff. He brings up stuff that I didn't even know about. He brings up stuff that I couldn't have come up with that I couldn't have found on my own. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he finds this stuff, but Tim is now. Tim. The problem with Tim, though, too, is he always jumps to kind of like vanilla conclusions to everything. Mm-hmm. Like he'll get really into this whole thing, and he'll be like, "Ah, this really isn't anything." It's like, <laughs> well, it's something. Yeah. But him and I were doing this for a while. We've, we even had, we even had one point where we thought that the men in black were coming to talk to us both. We both had weird people come up to us around the same time in completely different places. I know. That's the story I was talking about earlier. I wanted you to get into that, but we don't have time. Yeah. We don't have time for that. We'll have to get Timothy on the episode and talk about that one as well. Real, real quick. This is completely unrelated, but I wanted to ask you this one question. Okay. For, for the show before we end here. Okay. If you can write one new law that everybody had to obey, what would that law be one new law that everybody had to obey yes uh not making fun of bald people okay feel that i know it, it's, it's a very hard question yeah especially considering where my mind has been for the last hour <laughs> that's uh, a flip also did you did you ever uh figure out the riddle i think i did now if you guys remember on episode was it episode i think it was episode six it was a long time ago i think it was episode six um ben brought up a riddle would you like to repeat the riddle really quickly sure the riddle is a man built it and sold it. A man bought it, but never used it. A man used it, but he didn't know it. What is it? Now, you didn't Google this, did you? I did. God damn it. So you know what it is. I think I know what it is. What is it? I think it's a coffin. Yes, it's a coffin. Yep. Okay. I cheated. It's okay. I don't have the wit for riddles these days. <laughs> My mind is too consumed with alien theories and well, disinformation plots. The hardest riddle, riddle I ever was challenged with. That was the hardest in, riddle? In the flesh. Fair enough. Meaning I've, I've read sure. riddles. Sure. But my team leader at work came up, came at me with this riddle when I first started on my team. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a riddle. I got a riddle. I got a hearty fuck you. Get better. Man, that's that's rough. It, it's a rough team. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I survived. I'm better for it, and I'm very happy where I'm at. Just like the ancients. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, on that note, we need to wrap this one up. Um, this is our ancient aliens episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed it, and uh, whatever you guys want to add into our discussion, if we have anything wrong, please don't hesitate to tell us. Yes, and. Uh, I do have a full notebook here of stuff that I didn't even talk about. So we got much more material for you guys. Um, I'm going to go into the booth. Once I get home, I'm going to start my reading. I'm going to have a whole lot more information to talk about on our next episode when we do this. And it's probably not going to be our next episode of the show. Probably in a couple weeks, we'll say. Probably in a couple weeks, we'll get right back to this topic because this is very important. It's very fun. It's very important to keep an open mind. It's very important to keep an open mind. Learn, observe, build connections, see things, study different areas of information, build connections 
interactions between them. Keep your mind open. Keep it fun because it should be a very fun. Right. Researching should be fun. Right. There's no point in doing this because if we're not making fun content, nobody's going to listen. Right. And, so, it, you know, it, it's fun to learn new shit. Knowledge is power, people. Absolutely it is. And that's the only way that you're going to do anything with your life is by learning, challenging what you know, and building better processes. Better. I'm cutting that out. But. <laughs> Anyways, on that note, we gotta we gotta wrap this one up. So awesome! Thank you guys for listening so Thank much. You. We really appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yes, tweet us at thirty in the YouTube channel didn't get up this week, but it's gonna get up. It'll get up this week. Awesome! Once I can figure out how to make a YouTube video, that was my biggest stumbling block because I couldn't figure out how to actually make a YouTube video. <laughs> so uh, I'm, sure we'll, I, I'm sure we'll figure it out once I get that figured out. Anyways, thank you very much, guys. See ya. Peace. Tell you it's not it's not the real deal. It's you get new drapes, man. Dude, I I found that out. I've already been buying my drapes though. So yeah, we waited a year to buy drapes. Really? Yeah, we didn't. We never had them. So uh, real quick, explain to our listeners what a UFO is. A UFO is an unidentified aerial or shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that up. Already fucked that up. Uh. Now, are you done with the pyramids? Because I got something I want to jump in and say. Yeah, go ahead. Sure, sure, sure. So this is not something I have written down. But, oh, Lord. (laughs) But, there we go.